0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Catholic Truth. We are excited in this video to answer your questions. From time to time, we stop and answer the many questions that we get, whether on YouTube comments or social media or in person at our retreats and parish missions. And sometimes we collect them, and we have a list of hundreds of them, and from time to time, we answer them. So in this video, we're going to be answering some of your questions. And if you like it, check out our folder, answering your questions, and you can see other videos we've made answering many questions that you have. Hello and welcome to Catholic Truth. If you've never been here before, we are a nonprofit organization dedicated to preaching and teaching the truth of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith so that anyone at any time from any religion can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why and how it can change your life. If you're interested in our retreats or what we do, check out our website at thecatholictruth.org. Okay, let's get to these questions. And many people have such good questions and we are happy to be answering them. So here we go. Number one, what does the Catholic Church teach about limbo? And is limbo a Catholic teaching? Some people say that limbo... Is a Catholic teaching, but purgatory is not. Purgatory, they say, the church got rid of that teaching many years ago, but in fact, it's the other way around. Limbo is not a teaching of the Catholic Church where purgatory is, and we have a video on that if you're interested in what that is. But limbo has actually never been an official teaching of the Catholic Church. It's only been a theological speculation because John 3 5 says that you have to be born again in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. You must. Jesus said, be born again. That refers to baptism. So many people rightly ask, well, what happens to babies and people who are not baptized, but specifically babies, because they never had a chance to get baptized, so are they going to go to hell? So many people theorized about the possibility of a place called Limbo, which would be like a baby heaven, where they couldn't get into heaven because they hadn't been born again, but they also wouldn't go to hell because they didn't do anything wrong either. And so again, this was never a teaching of the church. It was a theory, uh, a theological speculation of what might happen to babies who weren't baptized. But what the Catholic Church says is that the babies haven't done anything wrong, so they're not going to go to hell, but we don't know for sure what happens to them. Presumably, they go to heaven. I mean, they really don't have any personal sin, but we leave it to the mercy of God. So we don't know for sure the Catholic Church errors on the side of hope, and the hope in God's mercy, hope in God's love, and hope the fact that God will bring all babies to heaven, though we don't know for sure here on earth. The next question is, the Bible doesn't talk about dinosaurs, so in a sense it seems to disprove the Bible because there's no mention of an ice age or dinosaurs or anything else that science tells us about. And this is a good question because there are many things that the Bible doesn't tell us about because the Bible is not an encyclopedia. It is not a science book. It is not many things. It's a spiritual book to communicate to us spiritual lessons. Many people think that each and every teaching and Each and every word must be found in the Bible for it to be true, but that, of course, is not true because the word Bible, of course, is not found in the Bible. The words New Testament are not found in the Bible. So, there are many things not found in the Bible, but the Bible is not a history book per se. It doesn't give us the history of all mankind. It's not an encyclopedia teaching us each and everything that we're supposed to believe. That's what the Catholic Catechism is for. That's more of an encyclopedia. And the Catholic Church derives her beliefs from the Bible, history, and tradition. And all of our beliefs, scientifically, morally, philosophically, or otherwise, are found in the Catechism. But the Bible itself is not that. However, that does not mean that the Bible is wrong. The Bible says in Genesis 1, that God created all living things—all the birds of the air, all the beasts of the land— everything. So if God created everything, including all of the beasts of the land, that would include dinosaurs. And of course, there's no mention of Ice Age. There's no mention of atomic bombs and <laughs> any other things. It's, not, it's, it's the wrong way to go about using the Bible, to find every last thing in there. But the Bible does say that God created everything, and that would include dinosaurs. The next question says, I'm thinking of becoming a Presbyterian and converting to the Presbyterian church. Do you have any advice for me on that? And yes, I do. Don't. <laughs> Don't convert to the Presbyterian Church. Here's why Jesus started the Catholic Church. And no offense to Presbyterians, but a man started the Presbyterian Church. It was not started by Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Only the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ. It's His church, His body, and His bride. So if the Catholic Church is the body of Christ, Christ is the head, and the church is the body. If you leave the body, the Catholic Church, then in a sense, you're leaving the head as well. So you Really, it all comes down to, do you want to be part of a church that was started by Jesus, or do you want to be part of a church that was started by a man? Every other church on this earth was started by a man. No disrespect toward them, but Luther started the Lutherans. And you look at Mormons, which were started by Joseph Smith, or Jehovah's Witnesses, started by Charles Taz Russell. Seventh-day Adventists were started by Ellen G. White. Christian Scientists by Mary Baker Eddy, and many, many, many countless others were all started within the last 500 years. So you have a long history of 1,500 years where the Catholic Church existed. And then at the Protestant Reformation, since then, thousands of different religions have sprung out, Presbyterian just being one of them. So why would you be Presbyterian over, say, Lutheran or Anglican or Episcopalian or, say, Baptist? Any of them, Pentecostal, Assemblies of God. I mean, they all claim to go by the Bible, but only the Catholic Church can trace her roots and her history back to the time of Jesus Christ. So I would say research your faith. Study the Catholic faith first. Make sure it's something that you want to leave. Make sure it's not correct before you leave. If you're studying Catholic doctrines and you're studying deeply the Catholic faith and you discover it's wrong, well, then in good conscience, you perhaps have to leave. But if in discovering and studying and looking at it more deeply, you decide that it's not wrong, it's right, which is what I did when I was challenged by Jehovah's Witnesses, I thought that the Catholic Church might be wrong. But in studying it deeper, I discovered it was the one true Church of Jesus Christ. Christ. So, I would say check it out. Watch the videos on our YouTube. See what they say. See if the Catholic Church holds up and study history. Go back and see the earliest Christians. What religion were they part of? Did they claim to be Presbyterian or did they claim to be Catholic? I bet you can guess the answer. The next question is, how often should we go to confession? And the answer is, once a year. The Catholic Church says that we need to go to confession at least once a year around Easter time or during the Easter season. And of course, it's a very big sin if we don't, a sin of disobedience, which we can tack up to the next confession we go to. But we have to go to confession once a year. Now, the Catholic Church recommends that you go somewhere around once a month so we can keep up on our sins, know what they are, work on them, and uproot them from our life. It's not mandatory, but it's a devotion in the church that once a month is a pretty good time to go to confession. And if you're worried about confession, or if you're stressed about confession, or you're scared about confession, you don't want to go to a priest, you know, first of all, you're not going and confessing your sins to the priest, you're confessing them to God, through the priest. But we have videos on that. And we have some recent videos that will calm your anxiety and help you to unload all your sins to God and let him take them and wash them away. We also have a video on why should we go to a priest? Why confess to a priest at all? Why do we have to do that? The easier answer is because Jesus said to. So check out our videos. I'll link them below and at the end. Um, but check those out if you want to know more about confession someone asked the question, is Mormon baptism legitimate? I heard recently that the Mormon baptism is not a true baptism. Why is that? And that's an interesting question, actually, because when I was meeting with the Mormon missionaries many years ago, at one time the church had not really defined that position. And then while I was meeting with the missionaries week after week after week, One week, the missionaries came up to me and they said, "'Brian, Pope Benedict said that the Mormon baptism is not valid anymore and it can't be accepted, so if a Mormon becomes Catholic, they would have to get re-baptized. Why would the Pope say that?' they said." And so we sat down and talked about the nature of baptism and what makes a true baptism and what's made a true Christian baptism for all of Christian history. And there are a few things that you need. Number one, you need to baptize in the name of the Trinity, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is the formula. You also have to baptize with water. And you have to have a proper understanding of Jesus Christ and God. You have to have a proper Christology. The Mormons themselves, while they're great people, they don't believe believe in the Trinity, which is the central doctrine of Christianity. It's what Christians have believed for 2,000 years. They don't believe that Jesus is God. They believe he's another God, as it says on the LDS website. So the Mormon website says that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three separate persons and three separate gods. Now, of course, that goes against what us Christians believe, so it wouldn't be a true Christian baptism, which is why they would need to get rebaptized. It's the same thing with the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Church of God or Christian scientists who don't believe that Jesus is God. They also don't believe in the Trinity. In fact, the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel, so they don't have a proper understanding of who Jesus Christ is either. Again, very nice people, but they don't have a proper Christology, and they don't have a proper theology, and so they would need to be rebaptized because their baptism wouldn't be valid. And of course, if you have questions, deeper questions, or follow-up questions on any of these, feel free to put them in the comment section below. Our last question for this round is, what do Muslims believe about Jesus? And does the Catholic Church accept Muhammad as a prophet? Uh, well, no. <laughs> the Catholic Church does not accept Muhammad as a prophet. We'll talk about that in a second. What do Muslims believe about Jesus? They believe that Jesus is only a man. They believe that he himself is a prophet, one of many prophets, like Abraham and Moses and Isaiah and all of the prophets of old. They are all prophets, and Jesus is just another prophet in the line of those prophets. But Muhammad is the final prophet, the greatest prophet of all given to us by God. And of course, we don't believe that, because we believe Jesus is not only not a prophet, but that he's the Son of God, eternal God himself. And we have a video on that if you're interested. We show why Jesus is greater than Muhammad in every single way. I mean, it's it's amazing. They believe that Muhammad's a prophet, the greatest prophet, and Jesus is less than him. But Jesus walked on water, did miracles, forgave sins, rose people from the dead, things that Muhammad couldn't do. So, I mean, how can they believe that Muhammad is a greater prophet than Jesus? So, this brings us to our second point, and that is, does the Catholic Church accept Muhammad as a prophet? No. The last prophet, strictly speaking, according to the Bible, was John the Baptist's. Sure, we're all called in some way to be prophets, priests, and kings, and some people more than others, like the Pope, who is given special authority by God. But specifically, the office of prophet was stopped, halted at John the Baptist. Jesus came to fulfill the the law, and the prophets. So Jesus now fulfills all of that. Just look at Hebrews chapter 1 in the Bible. It says that God revealed himself in minor ways here and there throughout the Old Testament, throughout history, but he revealed himself fully through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ started his church and promised to guide his church into all truth. So if God speaks to us through anything, it's through the church. And in fact, several times in Revelation, it says that God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit through the churches. And so it's the church In 1 Timothy 3.15, that is the pillar and foundation of truth. Secondly, Muhammad, we don't believe, is a prophet at all because he contradicts what Jesus gave us. And the Bible says that if somebody comes to you, even an angel from heaven, giving to you another gospel, another truth that's not from the Bible, not from Jesus, then they are false prophets. They're not of God. The Bible says, let them be accursed. We know that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said that you are going to have Jesus as your son, the Messiah, the son of the living God. I mean, he is going to rule all nations in giving all these truths about Jesus. But then, Muhammad claimed to have a vision of Gabriel, but it was a different Gabriel who said that, no, Jesus is not the Son of God. In fact, the Quran says that God doesn't have a son. And Gabriel told him that it's blasphemy to attribute a son to God. So, he literally, if that's Gabriel, contradicted the Gabriel that came before. So, one of those two people is not Gabriel and is not telling the truth or himself was deceived. It's a little-known fact, but Muhammad actually didn't think that he saw the angel Gabriel. In the beginning, he thought he saw a jinn, which is kind of more akin to a demonic spirit. And he thought for a while that he was possessed, and he was suicidal. And in fact, I have here one of the earliest biographies of Muhammad, written by a Muslim, and he recounts how Muhammad was going crazy, and was suicidal, and had thought that a, a jinn or a, a demonic spirit had appeared to him. And it was only later that he came to accept that it was an angel. But we know that it wasn't an angel because it contradicted what the angel had already told Mary and already given to us in the truth of Jesus Christ. So, Muhammad, no disrespect to him, is not a prophet. He's not from God. He himself was deceived by a false angel or just by some other spirit or something else. But what he teaches is not from God. The Bible is clear in the Old Testament that prophets speak the truth from God. And if they don't, they are to be put to death. Muhammad has not spoken the truth of God and therefore he cannot be a prophet of God. No disrespect toward him. Thank you so much for all the people who ask questions. We love to answer questions. We love to answer your questions. We can't keep up on all the questions we get, but we're working on hiring people to help answer your questions so that you can get truth that sets you free. And again, check out our other videos. If you like this video, check out our other videos with many, many more questions that you've asked or people like you have asked. And please feel free to put your questions and comments down below in the comments section. Please like this video and please share it with others as it helps other people to see it and helps the word to spread and get out there and you, can do your part to share the good news of Jesus Christ and evangelize the world. So thank you so much for watching. If you would, please consider supporting our ministry, $25, $50 a month. We need some bigger supporters too, $250, $500 a month, so we can continue to grow, expand, and reach the world for Christ. Please consider supporting us, our Patreon and our PayPal are down below. You can give a one-time donation, but thank you to all of our patrons who help make this ministry possible and help us to save souls and change lives. May God bless you. Please keep us in your prayers.